Welcome back to the What Nots Review Show, where every week we have a different story to talk about. It could be a comic, could be a movie, could be a TV show, anime, manga, audio, drama, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing good. I got a new phone for the first time in like five years. Look at it. It's beautiful. Fancy schmancy. What kind is it? Uh, This is the Galaxy S23 upgraded from my last phone, the 8. So it's been quite some time. Uh, So you pick out the color. They come in colors now. When I bought mine, it was like black or gray. Mine gets to be lavender. So you get the, the case and you get the new pop socket and you do the cute part of the job and then you have to spend like an hour and a half logging back into Sorry, every app yeah. you've ever used. <laughs> yep. Has there been any kind of like new feature you're not used to oh. yet? Like it, do you have like facial recognition where your old one did not I, or or something like that? I could have set it up. My old phone didn't have a security lock on it. And I thought, that's, mm. let me do it on the new one. Uh, so that's an adjustment that every time I want to be like, how much time is left in this podcast episode? I have to log myself in. I, I'm not a fan <laughs> it's not of that. On the, the home, the home screen. Can you like customize your home screen to have a clock on it? So you don't even have to sign in to. I OK, well, that I can get, but I'm so fussy. Like, all right, how much do I have left? What's next? Uh, what's next in uh, my podcast queue? Can you remind me, like, what day did this podcast come out? Like, I need. So much information about it on my old phone. I was like so fussy with like turning it off, turning it back on, clicking on stuff. And now this is this is probably good that like the extra barrier of having to like do a a security swipe or whatever is going to keep me from being so like fussy and twitchy with it. There you go. Yeah, I I just reorganized my phone recently, so I'm still getting used to where everything is, is right at. exactly um i just realized that in podcast addict it doesn't have to filter by like genre or alphabetically you can do a custom sort to where your mm-hmm. favorite podcasts appear at the top so i just did that finally Get so i'm not just saying whatever happens to start with a i can see the ones that are actually like grade a in my heart exactly exactly uh, speaking of grade A in some people's ha- 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 hearts, the movie that we are talking about this week is the 1983 sci-fi fantasy Kroll. Uh, this is it, it, man. It, it's an interesting one. It's a wild one. I it, it has much more of a cult following than it did critical success. I'll, I'll say it front. It's not a great movie. But it's it's kind of fun. Like there's some interesting stuff in here. There's some stuff to laugh at. There is one thing that I was actually actually like, that's actually really cool. Like I I like how they did this 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 thing here. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Um, man, it this one was a wild ride. I wanted to bring this one on the show, or this is one of the ones that I pitched because this year it's been my goal to get more sword and sorcery uh movies or comics or who knows what uh just on the podcast that's a genre that we've been sorely lacking in um we've already read some red sonia comics 
um and that we we felt was kind of a your your stereotypical like sword and horsery stuff it's it's what you, you would kind of expect um and this one is sword and horsery but with a twist with a sci-fi twist and so we thought that would be a good, good thing to explore next I mean, barely. I think at the beginning of the movie, there is a spaceship that goes to all planet. But then you're just on that planet and it might as well be like medieval Earth. <laughs> like you really yeah. can't tell. But there's aliens. There's magic. There's there's, there's swords. There's there's like monsters and, and stuff like it's it mm. has all of the trappings of a sword and sorcery film. But with that sci-fi twist, you could also just be like, well, yeah, it's kind of a sci-fi film. I guess you could say it's that. Um, but yeah, that's at the start. I was like, it's sci-fi fantasy. Like, maybe that's a more accurate description. But either way, it's sci-fi in that you can definitely see that it came out post Star Wars. It's oh, yes. in that run of films where people are like, can we get a little bit of that Star Wars panache going over here? Yeah, let's uh, just like Luke Skywalker did in in the the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Uh, he's he's sucking on the teat of that wild animal, hoping that he yes! can get just some some milk. Right. Give us that good Star Wars milk exactly. or milkiest <laughs> franchise. Uh, exactly. I have been. I respect that you wanted to bring a genre to the show that we haven't covered before, although it was trepidatious that right at the outset, you're like, we will do this three times this year when we read Red Sonia. And I'm like, that seemed quintessential. I think that checked every box. I think we've covered it. Do we need more than Red Sonia? So you gave me these. I wasn't super hot on any of them, but I picked Krull because that's a title I know. But I realized I don't know mm. if Krull is a person, a place, right. an event. A state of being like what is crawl what does that mean so i picked it for exactly. that reason i wasn't super excited about it and then i turned it on and i was so pleasantly surprised this movie is not at all what i thought it was going to be i really enjoyed it sure yeah <laughs> uh the title crawl sounds so heavy metal yes i was expecting can... something that looked more Conan the Barbarian was more dark, gringy, bloody, gory sort of Frank stuff. Frazetta artwork. Yes, the, the exactly. Slayer font, right? Like Yes. Like <laughs> crawl, when you say it, it sounds like you're supposed to see it on a t-shirt in a logo that you can't read. And you have to cheapishly ask the person, does that say something or are those just shapes? And they're like, it's crawl. It's my favorite metal band. How do you not know uh, crawl the demon slayer? <laughs> right. But instead, you turn it on and it's a fairy tale. It's got real Princess Bride vibes to it. Uh, we've got oh, yeah. this like gentle feathered hair protagonist. He looks like a, a folk rock singer. Hair. Right. <laughs> it is not. It is tonally so different from what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I actually had a really great time. I was upset that I had never seen it before. Like this is a pretty family-friendly adventure. You know, like there's yeah. some moments of perhaps more than mild peril, but overall I'm like, you, my parents could have shown this to me when I was a kid and I would have liked it. Why didn't six-year-old Melissa get to see Crawl? Why do I have to be 32 before I see Crawl? 
it uh yeah it it did not do well initially when it came out it it got lambasted as it's awful it's boring it's derivative it's the the sets are are incredibly phony um no i love the sets though i love the visual aesthetic of this movie in that it is no shot has more things in it than it needs to have. It's not quite minimalistic, but there's something just straightforward about everything you're looking at in Crawl. Yeah. And like the sets they invent have got some nice use of negative space to them. Really good use of scale. Yes. They're filming in, I think the end credits pointed to Italy. This landscapes are gorgeous. Like there are really yeah, breathtaking yes. shots in this movie. Crawl is pretty. Yeah, it's 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 one that despite the initial critical response, looking back, it has gained a cult following. Um, it has been referenced a bunch in pop culture. I was looking at their Wikipedia page. Uh, there's a reference to it uh, in American Dad. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> the it, it, standard you gotta be special to get an american dad there's all sorts of stuff here uh there there's a a like they they list stuff like there's a weapon that looks like it in world of warcraft uh Mm -hmm. there's uh in the 2008 family guy episode baby not on board carl tells chris that he that he should not watch kroll after chris expresses his view that the eagles are a major plot hole in the lord of the rings trilogy um (laughs) like it there's that stuff uh apparently in ready player one the 2018 film uh the glaive that he has is used in that film to cut off a certain character's arm um it, it in that like it's it's it has this like cult right pop culture following in there that i think is fascinating and even though like the the initial responses were like it's boring it's derivative the sets are awful it's fun like it's at like mm-hmm. i was actually kind of perked up at at this of just being like this is kind of wacky enough and like dumb enough and, and like i meant i like yeah i had a good time watching mm-hmm. this is 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 the yeah thing so i i, I would actually recommend it i do too i when i finished the movie i rented it on apple tv plus and then it's telling you the stats and one of them is a 30 percent rotten tomatoes score and i'm like mm-hmm. from when says who when like the there's something time, when was the the last new uh yes. <laughs> like r- r- review on crawl <laughs> I you can say it's derivative it I can't see it's a melting pot of different things but it doesn't feel exactly like any of those other things yes, and there's yeah. something really on rails and straightforward about it where there's not a lot of foreshadowing or anything going on the plot is not complex like, you don't hear about characters before they're introduced. Characters literally just land in the scene, and then they're part of the traveling party. So, like, every scene feels really in the moment. Uh, there's not a lot of plot threads or anything you have to track. Like, you really understand exactly what is happening at all times. There's no great mystery or looming threat that you have to think about that's coming on later in the movie. No, you just focus on where you are right now 
now. There's something it, like mindful and meditative. Crawl feels weirdly peaceful in, in a way I haven't seen in a movie. It's an odd way to describe that, considering it's about alien invaders and them trying to go, like, save well, the princess mid- and destroy their later. <laughs> but it's going about it in such a familiar, standard way, not in a way that feels generic, that just sort of feels, oh, it's it's like routine in a, a comforting way, you know? Sure. I'll, I'll, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like checking out and just very carefully, mindfully washing dishes or something. You know, I feel like I'm doing like sand art. I'm like drawing with like the little wooden rake in a bonsai garden when I watch Crawl. It feels like a D&D campaign, like some some tabletop Mm -hmm. RPG campaign with you and your friends, but one that is straightforward. It's still Fun. Yeah. It still finds the silliness in all of that, but it's just it's straightforward of just like, OK, mm. this happened. Your end goal is to go save the princess and destroy the bad guy. And mm. it's like, OK, OK, well, I need a party. Like, let, let, let me yeah. go, like, get the magic weapon. Let me go get the 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 band of misfits that uh, help me along the way. And then we'll we'll go defeat them. Right. And that's it. Um, mm. So. Plot lies. Yeah, uh, it it is a so Kroll is a planet and yes, that planet is about to be invaded uh, by a species of a- a- aliens called the Slayers, at, at, at least to the, yes. the people on that planet. Um, and they they come and uh, they are it's it's strange they they say they're destroying things their goal is to like enslave the planet but what's really happening is their cave their their, their spaceship looks like a giant mountain it, it's this big yeah. like rock f- formation and it is like teleporting from place to place so it's never in the same spot twice um but yeah they are going around pillaging i thought the alien design looked kind of neat actually um Mm -hmm. and they interrupt a political marriage uh of prince colwyn and uh princess Princess lissa lissa yeah yes i do want to stop you and say this is not purely political like this young prince and princess from two different kingdoms genuinely love each other this was the one really interesting like twist or like deconstructive element in this movie that wasn't something standard and routine because normally you would expect father i don't want to marry that prince just so you can secure a land deal i want to marry who i love instead you have this prince and this princess from these two kingdoms who genuinely love each other they're like we want to get married because we love each other and because we do see that this would have some benefit to the land if our two kingdoms were united and it's their dads that hate each other like yeah the boy's fine but his dad's a jerk and i don't want to work with him i don't want our kingdoms to be one kingdom now gross yeah so i i really appreciated that uh that this is a like willing loving marriage between these two young people yeah and so right as they are saying their vows, enter the slayers. They come, they attack, they start shooting things. It It's kind of odd that they're having the wedding right in the middle of this invasion and don't have 
any defenses up because uh, they just waltz right, right in and it's immediately chaos. There's a big sword fight and basically the, everyone dies. The, the, the princess gets gets captured and kidnapped and Prince Colwyn is basically the only survivor. Um, he wakes up that next day. There's the 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 old wizard who seems to be the like old man Ben Kenobi stand in. Yes. Uh, and he's like, you need to find the king's glaive, this magical weapon. Yes. Um, that has the power to defeat them. And so he sends him off to go get that weapon. Uh, and then af- afterwards, as he's making his way to the a- alien ship, he is put upon by a group of bandits, uh, including a young Liam Neeson uh, in, yes. in, 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 in this. And a young Robbie Coltrane. Uh, exactly, when I Googled this yeah. movie last week and I saw him, that was another reason why I wanted to pick it. I miss him. Exactly. And like, yeah, real, real young uh, versions of these 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 actors. Uh, it's great. Um, and uh, the prince convinces them to be his army uh, and then they they go off again, continuing to adventure to find uh, th- this this alien spaceship and save the princess and defeat uh the beast which is the leader of the slayers mm-hmm. um and they they meet another wizard along the way they meet a cyclops they 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 find some horses that can can walk in the sky on, on clydesdales fire. yeah they're, they're called fire mares and they can run like a thousand leagues in one day which if you hopped on a horse that went that fast that seems bad for you the rider i think you'd experience <laughs> some sort of trauma from that Probably. i don't know if a body is supposed to go that fast not contained in a vehicle of some kind just on the back of a horse but these horses uh that they photoshop like they just rotoscope <laughs> over with fire effects they are clydesdales the budweiser beer horses uh a st louis icon always happy to see a clydesdale feels me fills me with civic pride good stuff yeah um so that's that's kind of the, the plot of of this film it's fairly straightforward um, but but yeah, there's there's some some interesting set d- 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 design in there, especially when you get to the scenes with the princess uh, inside the the ship and what the inside of that ship looks like. Um, it's just interesting. It's not like I said, it's not necessarily well crafted. Like you can see it's like, oh, this is just some weird set that they made. And you can see the like paint marks and where it's mm. like bolted to together and stuff like that. But that's kind of what makes it fun and cheesy. Uh, it's like it's it's interesting. And then you also have the, like some some genuinely beautiful landscape yes. photography that is breathtaking. Um and, and I love a- how much time they spend in the landscape. Like yeah. Prince Coleman has to climb up the mountain to get the glaive. There's a lot of long shots of him just climbing. Like yeah. they don't. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a hurried pace in this movie. And I really like that. It takes it's never too slow either. I felt like it took an appropriate amount of time for everything to happen. And I really appreciated that. There's some breathing room here. Exactly. Um, yeah, we, we, we get a, a good mix of stuff for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I recommend checking it out. It's an interesting one to say the, 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 
the least um have fun 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 with it it's it's, please do (laughs) yeah it's good seek out crawl show crawl to a young one i i believe that you know if your kid can take a a a weird practical effects cyclops or some sort of spider woman show it to the young person in your life i think they could have a lot of fun with crawl it's a good fantasy adventure very swashbuckly there you go indeed uh with that we will take a quick break for some housekeeping and when we come back we will get a little bit more into spoilers and start breaking the film down a little bit uh so we will be right back here at the whatnots we make multiple different shows and a lot of hard work goes into making them so we would love it if you check them all out if you enjoy our shows patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support for just a dollar a month you can get early access to episodes and at our three dollar tier a patreon exclusive podcast the pilots club you can even get a shout out and thank you on most of our shows at the five dollar tier and if you're one of our patrons already thank you so much it means the world to us you can find out more information on our website thewhatnots.com as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice when you type in the whatnots all of our shows will pop up right there just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, all right. We are back. Once again, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We thank you a lot. We love you. Thank you. It means a ton. Um, for the Patreon supporters at the $3 tier this month on the Pilots Club, we are talking about Cheers, the pilot of Cheers, uh, which mm. was surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting it to hold I up as it. well as it, 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 yes. it, it did. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, so go ch- check that out. Uh, and if you want a little bit more sitcom goodness right here on the review show, we just recovered season two of The Good Place. Uh, so we, that is our, our end of the month specials that we've been covering from month to month. Uh, so we will continue on with season three, uh, at the end of this month here and season four at the end of next month. Um, so yeah, good, good stuff with all, all of that. We've not mm-hmm. really, we, we've done some sitcom specials, some sitcom exchanges here on the review show, but we've never truly actually covered a sitcom on the show mm-hmm. here so the good the good place is i think a good place to start so uh let's see other things happening over on the captain's log we had ignacio join us yeah. this past week for a lot of fun we did some summer game fest 2023 predictions um if you're a v- video game fan e3 is typically the like summer super bowl event of video games but <laughs> e3 is dead e3 is is no longer a thing um and jeff Keeley has kind of taken over with summer game fest there's a number of conferences and showcases and new trailers and new announcements and all that stuff so um we employed melissa's skills as a magic eight ball um and uh, we, we made some pr- pr- predictions and she gave us the like, yes or no, this will happen or right. This won't ha- ha- happen. And you also had a real magic eight ball. You were you, you were competing yes. against a real magic eight ball. 
<laughs> so you're going to have to tell me uh, at the end of the games how, fest or whatever, did. whether yeah. me or this plastic product from Mattel was able to <laughs> blindly guess more correctly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Go check that out. That's over on the captain's log. Uh, and then last but not least, over on the reactor core, we have our reactions to the season two finale of Yellow Jackets out. Yeah. Uh, Man, that that was that was a lot of fun for sure. Um, I I, I, lo I love that show a lot. Please go check that out. Uh, and then coming up in the near future here, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. I think we'll be recording yes. that tomorrow night if mm. everything goes according to plan. Uh, so be on the lookout for that down the road. I I watched it uh th Thursday night. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> but that's about it for housekeeping. Um, right now. So let's get on to spoilers for Kroll. Okay, spoilers for Kroll. Here we are. Um, Melissa, where do you want to start with this one? I, I want to start right at the beginning. Well, the actual beginning, beginning of the movie is when you see uh, the big villain of this piece is named the Beast, where you see yes. the Beast's ship traveling through space to the planet crawl, an exact Star Wars shot. Yes, it, it, and I love that you watch. <laughs> you watch this long, long spaceship travel. It you know the camera follows the whole length of it, and after that, it's like visual effects by like they dropped it right at the moment. <laughs> Like you look at that visual effect, isn't that cool? Well, this is who made it, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they but had, after they had a mix of visual effects of of like the the quality of of them, there was some that was like, "This looks bad. This looks so bad." But there's some that was it, like, "This looked good. Like this is yeah. awesome. This is cool." I think I think everything looks. I mean, this movie is from like 1983. Like it looks like a movie from 1983 should yes. look like i didn't yeah. expect better from it uh and i think there's a very charming sort of lo-fi analog quality to everything that you're looking at the, these are fun to look at now the movies don't look like them anymore <laughs> but the first real character that we meet is princess lissa and she's got this beautiful dress she's looking out on the on the vistas of crawl from this really cool looking palace and yeah. like her dad comes up to her uh, saying that Prince Colwyn and his father and all their knights are on the way and he's still trying to convince her like are you sure you want to marry him like there are like other boys you can marry and she's like no I choose him he is my choice we chose each other and that immediately was not what I was expecting I think that is very rare to have the the overlap between the political marriage and the marriage for romance that is never the same person <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So I appreciated that rarity and I appreciate that again, this was her choice. It was the choice of both of them. Like you don't get that as often. Uh they well, you'll get like the classic fairy tale, I have to marry the Grand Vizier or whatever, but really it's like this one lowly street rat who I truly want to marry. I like that she wants to marry the prince romantically and as a political move and that it's the dads who are fighting with each other and don't like they're not enemy kingdoms 
I think the kingdoms are neighbors. Kingdoms are largely friends. I think the two dads specifically hate each other. And I think that's a very (laughs) fun dynamic. I really wish we spent a little bit more time uh, like with these merging families at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it. what was interesting to me about that whole situation is they know they are about to be invaded, that the aliens are either coming or have already landed and like their soldiers are on the way. Like they, mm. they know that this is the situation and the political marriage is to have an army strong enough and united yeah. enough to be a formidable force against these invaders. Um and I, 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 I don't think I would go as far to say that the dead dads dead, 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 dead hated each other. I, I got the vibe that they were just annoyed by one another. Like that. Yeah, was perhaps the, the, that like, is closer to it. Like they're not enemies. Just they're like, just like Ugh. it was Moses' lawn at like seven in the morning on Thursday. <laughs> like, God, trying to sleep. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> right. Yes, it's just petty grievances between <laughs> yeah. the two dads, and they're like, these petty grievances are more important to me than my child marrying who they love. Can <laughs> the, I convince them the to marry somebody else of our planet? Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, both dads die immediately in the attack anyway, so who cares? But I like that when finally everybody arrives. Uh, Prince Colwyn and Princess Lisa must have met before, you know, even if they were younger, you know, maybe they had their eyes on each other from when they were 10 or whatever. But he arrives and he just silently walks up to her and she just looks him up and down and says, I chose well. And he says, so did I. And like, then they embrace and they kiss. I, I liked that moment. I like that he, they really seem like equals to each other. And over the course of the story, like Lissa gets captured. She doesn't have any warrior capabilities. She doesn't fight her way out. She's out of the story. So like narratively, they aren't on the same level as each other. But within their own relationship, they seem like true partners. I like that. He's like, I will walk up silently. I would judge me. It's it's me, your future husband. Am I still good? What do you think? It's Bumble. Ladies make the first move. (laughs) I like the dynamic between the two of them i think it's very sweet like it's not we do not spend a lot of time on this romance at all but what is there i did find charming yeah and i think on on top of that even though she doesn't really have much agency around most of Mm. the the film it is their relationship at the end that is what enables them to defeat the beast right because he he does the like luke skywalker upside down trying to like get his lightsaber to come back to him and he can't and and like that is the thing like he does not have the for like it's obvious that he has some kind of magical power like the thing is moving but he can't actually make it come to him unless she is there with him and they do it together uh, which I thought was an interesting twit. Like, yes, it's not it's not that he can go out, you know, swashbuckling on all these adventures by himself. Like he needs her there to to give him the, like these even better magical powers. Yeah. Um, and her dad is trying to tell like trying to talk her out of marrying him. And he's like, well, if he's this great warrior you admire, what are you going to do when he like goes away on battle and leaves you for months? And she's like, 
you know, I know who I'm marrying. I know who he is and what he does. I admire him for that. I accept that. She's like, I'm not yeah. going, she isn't going to try and change him into anybody he isn't. Like she ex- accepts him, like ultimately, like you, you're brave, you're strong, you help people. And I understand that means we can't always be together. That's okay. I agree to this. Like when she or, gets captured, the, she's like, pretty much. I'll tag along and I know what I'm g- 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 getting into if right, I tag yeah, along. Yeah, right? she's. Yeah, yeah. When she gets captured, she's pretty much a damsel in distress, but she has this really unique agency in choosing the right partner for herself romantically and the right partner for the kingdom, you know, all together, like merging these two lands. Like, that's a lot more than I expected. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if she just sort of aimlessly wanders around the beast castle and doesn't try to get herself out like the. interpersonal agency she has over her private life i was really happy to see that that happened that was the more unique special thing to me yeah indeed um yeah so they they're they're trying to have this this marriage ceremony Mm. literally right as they're getting attacked (laughs) like they're they're watching men I'd have been like, but sir, they're like right out there. Like, why don't we go fight them and you do the marriage later? Or no, just, we got no, to do the fire hand thing. Yeah, it has to happen now because uh, uh, otherwise the armies won't listen to the other command. Who, who, it, it just it, it doesn't really make sense. But that's mm-hmm. that I, I think is kind of the metaphor for the whole movie is like. Some of it doesn't really make like if if you really scrutinize it, like there's some things in there that's just like this makes no sense. Um, but it, it yeah, it's just it's kind of fun because of that. It's like, why would you have a wedding right now? What is wrong with it's, you all? <laughs> it's like fantasy fairy tale logic. Like the movie really seems to know what it is and it is way farther on the fantasy edge than it is on the sci-fi edge like you keep describing these guys as aliens and if it wasn't for the shot at the beginning where we have the star wars shot of the spaceship coming to the planet crawl you wouldn't know and you wouldn't care like that's really the only sci-fi flavor that's in this and that the glaive is clearly supposed to be we have our own lightsaber kenner make toys of this uh (laughs) it's it's fairy tales I and I really like that about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, like I, I started to mention the design of the cr- creatures. It's not really that you see a creature per se, because they are yeah. in armor, and it's humanoid. Like it's it's a humanoid design. And when you kill one of the slayers, there is this like smaller thing that like mm. like shrivels out. Uh, 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 of it it's it's almost the the trope of the like little small guy controlling the like big alien robot thing right it's almost that um which i kind of liked i thought that that was neat but even the design of their like humanoid armor also fits what, what you said that that like that like band t-shirt heavy metal like yes. that's like it has this like it looks cool actually like i was like i kind of like these they're 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 imposing they're menacing mm-hmm. um they unfortunately also kind of had the like batman problem where they can't move their necks and so they have to oh. t- turn <laughs> they're just real clunky 
as they have to like move their whole body back and mm-hmm. forth there. I wish I wish that it could somehow move a little bit freer and they were a little qu- quicker on that. Um because yeah, like I said, just like the look of them is imposing. And then you see them move and you're just like, oh, they're like waddling around. Like they, they, <laughs> yeah. they can't do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then on the flip side, the design of the like knights that are are in in the 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 castle there i thought those also looked interesting mm-hmm. I, I, again i'm not sure exactly how practical you know all of that stuff was but i like that part really felt like dune to me like mm, it's not it's yeah. not the star wars knockoff it's not the the something like that part's like hmm like the sci-fi design of these things feel more like dune like that almost felt more futuristic than some of the stuff in dune itself the the old old one not the new one now um but uh yeah it was just like i would have liked to see more of it they're also in a castle so things aren't lit super well the the wedding and the invasion was happening at night um so, so you don't truly get to see them all that much um but i just thought it was neat mm-hmm. uh, like uh, right away it's like oh it like it's this like fantasy setting but we got these sci-fi aliens and sci-fi looking knights like that's kind of cool i i i don't mind that at all um mm-hmm. and i for long time listeners of the show you guys know i'm not a big fantasy you aren't yeah um not that i think it's bad or anything it just doesn't speak to me as Mm. as much as like (laughs) sci-fi one time i uh when we over our winter break for the first episode of the year you know where we take a couple weeks off we've got more time to watch something we usually watch an entire film franchise and a couple times i've pitched the lord of the rings trilogy to you and you've been like i don't think i'd have anything to say (laughs) No strong feelings in any direction yeah. about Lord of the That's Rings. Fine. So the fact Good that you're like, I movies, but sure. The fact that you couldn't fill like 50 minutes finding anything in all like 10 hours of those movies to talk about. But this year you're like, we're going to talk about three sorted sorcery things. Like you are diving in. Like I. <laughs> I, I certainly could find stuff to talk about with Lord of of, of the Dow Rings. There is a lot in, in that. Mm. And e- e- even in the amount that they give you, there's so much more in the books that like yeah. didn't make it in, right? Um yeah, like I, I but it's just it's not my preferred genre. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. But, you're I mean, you have a, such a strong sci-fi identity. Like you're one of the most sci-fi people I have ever met. Like down to your bones. You get down to your bones and your bones are just down lasers. to my circuits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my favorite design element in this movie was uh the beast's castle. Which whenever I say it, it sure, feels like yes. I'm talking about beauty and the beast. The but beast, that is the right. name of this villain. He's called the beast. And he yeah, he's got this weird fortress that looks like a mountain like it looks like a giant rock 
hurtling through space that then just like lands somewhere organically. Like you wouldn't know it wasn't a mountain if they didn't tell you. Yeah. The inside of it feels so biological. Like we see Princess Lissa trapped in something that looks like an eye. And at the end of the movie, I still wasn't clear on whether that is a real physical structure within the fortress somewhere or if it's sort of a metaphorical like yes she is within the eye she is under the control of the beast like right. i don't like is, know is this like a sauron's eye metaphor yeah. like is does the beast have his eye on her yes. and that's what like like she's in it's not it's a, like a rotoscope effect like she's clearly so walking on some sort of, of a, the rings references and stuff you like know that. there's a big the eye good job <laughs> i've read uh, all the books <laughs> it's clear that she's in a physical structure but i wasn't sure if that physical structure was meant to represent a real physical structure or represent something metaphorical and abstract but the the tunnels throughout this fortress look more like an ear or something it's all sort of like pale and smooth with like little turns and pockets and things it looked like you're inside an ear or inside a seashell or something sure it's it's I, I was going to say it's interesting because Star Wars had a, a look that worked so well with the with, yes. the with the sleek whites and the blacks and the grays and the red. Like it, there's something about that that even looking at the those original movies today, they just they still look so yeah. great. And this is like I'm I'm not trying to say that this looks bad. It doesn't look great, but it's such, such such a unique identity and a different take on that, that this like almost organic or some, like just the way that their hallways work and can split mm-hmm. apart and do all sorts oh, yeah. of stuff. It's just like, what are they actually trying to like? I, I was kind of confused, but it's it's interesting to say the least. Like I'm. Mm. I'm still thinking about it, just trying to understand it. Whereas Star Wars, I see it and I understand it. And that's kind of it. Just not mm-hmm. a bad thing, but it's like there's just yeah. not much to say on that. It is what it is. And you can be like, oh, yeah. the oppressive nature of all the blacks and stuff in the mm-hmm. Death Star. Mm-hmm. That, sure. Uh, I just have no idea what this is. Like, what is the inside <laughs> of the ship? Is it near canal? Is it some like blood vein? Like, is the ship living yeah. somehow? Like, are they inside a living being? I, I don't know. It's it's odd, but it's not overcomplicated. Nothing in this movie is so remarkably weird. Nothing really sticks out to you. I feel like the design and the aesthetics of the whole thing is pretty consistent. And pretty specific, like it doesn't look Star Wars and it also doesn't look like classic medieval fantasy castle. It's something else, (laughs) but the something else that it is, even if I have trouble defining it, it has a recognizable, consistent look throughout the whole movie that I I appreciate. (laughs) Right. I think it's the meaning of it is uh, I, I don't know if I quite get it, but visually it reads like really purposeful and really clean. And like I said, there's a lot of negative space in the settings and in how the movie is shot that I I appreciate it. Yeah, like it it almost has a ethereal quality in in this like like it's it's almost dreamlike 
when the yeah. princess is running around in there because you can't you can't quite tell what it is or where she is or stuff like that. There's no windows where you can see trees on the outside. It's it's just this to 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 us. It's this completely foreign place. And it like it, that, I think, is what makes it kind of cool. And and yeah, it, it's it's sci fi. It's dreamlike. You're unsure. There, there's great negative space in, mm-hmm. in, in this and just interesting design. Like there's a lot of pictures of the princess in this space where it's like, oh, if if this movie came out today, like that would be one of the pictures that everyone used on their like trailer reaction like they because it yeah, had her on one side there's negative space on the other where you can yeah. put all this stuff like it's it's, <laughs> it's right. exactly what you would need for all of that stuff but like despite that like the composition of a lot of that stuff was interesting mm. to say the least yeah. right so there's I think it there was are, successful in making yeah. something that was just different this is unexpectedly a real every frame of painting kind of movie. I really <laughs> liked how this thing looked. And outside of the built structures, they find really incredible landscapes. Like, I didn't know Italy looked like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he goes up in these, like, real rocky, craggy mountains, and there's, like, far away shots far away and long shots so like you get the scale and you get the distance and just the time of him climbing up there or you're in these really interesting like quicksand swamps they find cool rock features they find beautiful fields yeah um i i, I think all of the shots of those mountains and the mountain peaks and yeah. all of that stuff was one of my favorite p- p- parts of this movie it just it looks beautiful it's great and like what what i think is unfortunate about that on the flip side is that some of the production design is so cheap in comparison that seeing him kind of scurry around the mountains in this outfit and these like props (laughs) hordes is just kind of silly but also like i like I like it. Like, I, I want more of that in the movie. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the swamp was actually a set that they made. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. But, but it, it but, looks... But still, like, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking about just natural natural spaces that are not obviously buildings. Whether, whether they found them out in Italy or they built them. Yeah. Yeah. 80s um, had a lot of quicksand. <laughs> Like there's this, there's the swamps of sadness from the never ending story. There's this the snow sand from the princess bride. Up. This is why we grew up thinking that quicksand would be a real problem in our everyday lives. Right. <laughs> right. You're going to lose your horse. You're going to lose our tax out there. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. So uh, one of the, uh, this is what I, I think is also so interesting about this movie is the 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 mix of the like the quality of the of the effects mm-hmm. right you have these beautiful breathtaking mountains and then when you skip ahead to the scene when they get the horses yeah. and they're riding on them just so obviously green screened and well, green screened poorly and then they do the things where they like go off like yeah. they're, the, they're they're the it's the horses in the sky like all of that and it's just it looks so bad 
And it's but just again, like, this is amazing. <laughs> how how good could it have looked at the time? Like one of the reasons why Star Wars is so big is because those effects are so above and beyond well crafted. Like you can't yes. look back at movies at this era and say, well, it doesn't look as good as Star Wars. Like Star Wars is the platinum standard. You yes. hold everything to a platinum Absolutely. standard. Most I- things looked just like crawl. I, I think what got me is that they like the scenes of them just on the horses on the path were also green screened. Like it felt like they mm. didn't need to green screen those. I guess they didn't. Did they maybe not have enough money for like a dolly shot that they could like move the ca- the camera like as at the same speed as these horses to get this shot? Could they not film that on the like I, who who knows? But. It just, like it just seemed like what you you could have gotten that shot somehow, and maybe they want it to be a, like a smoother shot or something. I, I who knows? I but it was just when like when you look huh, at behind the scenes choice. stuff, interesting of, choice. Not just of movies from any era. So frequently, it's like there was unnatural, unseasonable weather. It's it it rained. It, there was a heat wave. Like there's a thousand things en- that can stand in the way that of they didn't want to right. clear away. Like the work to go into to that. Yeah, yeah. Like I that that makes sense. I it just it stands out as such an odd cho- like it, it, it it's an odd choice. But we don't know exactly what went into them making that choice that decision there. But it it just it stood out so much to me it was like this is so obviously fake and there's there has to have been some way that they could have got they had the technology back then somehow but <laughs> i don't know we weren't there I don't know. we weren't in italy in 1982 exactly. one of my other favorite set pieces is when the the obi-wan kenobi character i remember most of their names i don't think i have his but his he has to he has to go see the widow of the web and he has to traverse through this spider web, you know, that they made practically with like these long strands of sort of like silky shimmery, weird fabric. But of course a spider sits at the center of the web and feels like the vibrations when like Mm -hmm. other insects step onto the web. So there's this really cool auditory special effect where when he's walking along on the it looks like a ropes course but it's a spider web there's all these bells in the soundtrack like every time he takes a step or touches one of them you hear bells i thought that was really cool that uh his name is is yanir y-n-y-r right right everybody's got interesting names in this they often Uh, refer to him as the ancient one right there's there's many jokes about how they keep talking about oh he's old and he's like I'm not that old I was young right, once they, once they, I was you he's, he's referred to as the ancient one but he's not even the oldest person in that like there's <laughs> another magical wizard that they go see who is like yeah, that's the ancient has, one yeah he has much more like visibly aged than this other guy he's like i'm still spry i can do this like i'm the one that started the king out on the quest like it happened because of me i'm not sitting in some cave somewhere i got it that is another star wars thing where there's not just a man who is old but old is part of his name and identity he's the old ben kenobi 
truly not just the Obi-Wan Kenobi, the old Ben Kenobi of this movie. Uh, And he has to go to see the widow of the web. uh, And you find out like at the beginning of the movie, when he's trying to help Colwyn, he mentions like, oh, I was I also had a love of my life when I was your age. I lost her. I'm going to make sure you don't lose yours. And he goes to the widow of the web and you learn that this was his bride. They were in a very similar situation to Colwyn and Lissa. And in fact, yeah. her name is Lissa. And for a second, I was wondering if there was some sort of a time loop thing going on yes. or an alternate realities. But it seems like it's more of a Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice thing. Like, oh, your mom is the same name as my mom. That makes me more likely to help you. Now it's like, oh, so- you, you were marrying Alyssa. I married Alyssa. Once I now feel extra protective of your Lissa because I lost right. mine. Yeah. So there, there, there is a prophecy. The, 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 the film, as you watch this spaceship land yeah. on, on Kroll, Yanir, who's also the narrator of, of, of the film here is mentioning that there is a prophecy, which is why they are kind of expecting the slayers to come or mm. they're, they're not, they're not surprised that they have come like, oh, no, what are we going to do? There's aliens. Aliens exist. Oh, my God. Like, um, yeah, like they, they they knew this stuff was coming. And there's a prophecy that tells of a princess that has an ancient name and yeah. and that she will like find true love. And that love will be what's there's something like that. Um, But it's it's this ancient name and yeah we get this back story that Yanir was in love with this woman who had that same name and yeah I thought the exact same thing I was like is there like is Yanir yeah. actually Prince Colwyn when he's older like what's going on here uh because if her name was the same and they love each other like huh uh but no that was not the case and then yeah my mind also exactly went to Okay, so it's more of a Batman v Superman yes, situation. Yes. It, 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 it's a Martha situation yes. here. Uh, and yeah, that's exactly it. Like he goes to her because she has enough magical powers to like help protect them or just help give them an extra mm. edge in their fight against the beast. Um, and because he knows the 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 lady on the web, that's her that's what they call her the right? widow in the web widow, widow in the of web. the web it's it's, it's a like a arthurian uh, yeah not, it is the lady of the lake kind of yeah. thing right um but yeah they 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 go to her and because he knows her name he's 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 he's, he's like look you're, yeah. you're like you're still the one that i truly love unfortunately you've been cursed to be here at like all mm. of this time so there's nothing i can really do about this yeah. right now but the backstory is that they were in the same situation she was a princess he was this warrior king uh, and he would go off on all these long battles and she didn't accept it the same way that that our Lissa right. does for colwyn she was angry when he would go away and he left once on this long journey without knowing uh, he had gotten her pregnant. And then when the baby was born, she was so angry that he was gone, that he was absent. He was unreachable, that she killed the baby the day it was born. And she's like, because of that, I am cursed. And now I live in the middle of the spider web. And like, that's the one thing that might be a little bit too intense for a little kid. 
just that one line which is like i killed our son the day i gave birth to him but I mean, other than the that spider it was like scene in general i know like there's some like i don't i don't like sp- spiders i think if there's one in my house i should burn the entire house down and move <sighs> to a different country but I, like i know that there are people that like have a visual fear of them and so just to see this, this yes. giant spider is probably going to be an intense scene for some um i i i was a kid who wasn't really afraid of many things like in movies so like that's the mindset i'm in when i look at modern things like if there's a detail that's too sad <laughs> that might have bugged me more than like oh, a monster a yeah. spider a cyclops i will say though this spider looks neat i i feel like it's yes. made out of glass like it's a glass yeah. spider uh because you can like see through like through it and into it but it is also like it is the like security system for this web right mm. like it it, it 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 does the thing as spiders do if they if something touches the web it yeah. knows exactly where it is so as he's like crawling along these steel cables that are supposed to be the the web like this giant spider and however they animated it and made it work looked incredible like it yeah one of the best effects in the film period um mm-hmm. but yeah it, it just looked looked neat and the whole situation resolves with her with the uh with the widow in the web being like i have this magical sand in this hour glass if you take this sand like it will it will that like it will keep the spider away yeah from you it'll end my life but it will give them my magical powers but if you hold the sand once the sand runs out your life will also yeah die it's it's interesting that it's the spider is the spider is like a security feature but it doesn't seem like she controls it like the spider is almost to like keep uh, outsiders from coming in and to keep her from going out like they seem like separate forces like the spider is not a familiar to her she can't do right. anything yes. about it so yeah. she's like if yeah the sand will protect you somehow uh but it will kill you as soon as the sand runs out of your hand it'll also kill me i don't know why the yeah. sand has to kill two people yeah something else in that scene that i thought was was fantastic and they they made it work is that the widow in the web is an older woman. Mm. She uh, she ha- has like wrinkly skin, all that stuff. Mm. And then there's a scene old where lady she stuff. Looks, yeah, yeah, you know, just <laughs> typical wrinkles. grandma aesthetic, right? Uh, and and she <laughs> she's looking in the mirror, and they're having a conversation where like she is like i recognize that i'm older i'm unlovable like you might not recognize mm-hmm. me and he's just like no like i still see you exactly yeah. the way i saw you and her appearance yeah. in the mirror changes to her younger self uh mm. and i thought that looked fantastic and then it that did, was it, nice it, it 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 does the thing where like the older ver- version t- turns and the younger yeah. version stays like it like where you would typically see in like a horror film right where it's like oh spooky like uh, something um (laughs) and it's not scary in this situation it is magical it is like something is is 
is happening here that's interesting, but you get a real good look at her her face and it, it just yeah, it the whole thing looked great because they had to have had like two actors doing the same thing at the same time somehow to like mirror all of this stuff. And they nailed it. They made it work so good. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just like it. There, there's certain things in 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 here that I'm just like, how did they make that happen? And then there's certain things where it's like the green screen horses where I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so funny. What did you think of the Cyclops? The Cyclops was, I think, my favorite bit of this whole. Yeah, movie. it looks great. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it looks great. I thought what was interesting is that the single eye of the Cyclops does blink at, at certain times. But only it, sometimes. It doesn't blink at a normal human rate. Right. And it didn't, at, at least to me, it didn't feel like it was animation. Right. Like, I, I feel like if, if you go back to like a film adaption of like the Odyssey or or, or mm. something like that and you see the Cyclops, you might get like a claymation or like some animation yeah. effect on top of it. Uh, I don't know how they did the blinking. I, I, you don't I see think... it enough, but I, I was just like, it looks good. I I'd have I to like go it. back and watch it again. I think it's like a prosthetic or mask or some sort some of effect of like that yeah. for for wide shots but they probably have an animatronic element that maybe was too heavy to like wear around in wide shots they only use it like in close-ups like only in close-ups it can blink when you're just doing an insert shot i don't know um, i'd have to see it again yeah i didn't pay attention enough to to decipher it but um i thought that looked fantastic i do think that because of the prosthetic on the guys i don't think he could see period yeah I think he, was, he was doing all of those scenes blind um because like there's a couple instances of them like shaking hands and it's kind of obvious that like when another character holds up their hand first yeah. either he hesitates or misses and then they reach down to like <laughs> yeah. go get it so it just it feel like he's not a character that is like he's he's not moving around all that much he's much more stoic he's mm. much more yeah. just an imposing presence for whatever threat they come upon he does have some actions hands but he's always mm. by himself so there's yeah. no one around to get hit when he swings and things right um but my favorite part of all of that was their backstory Yes. Why Cyclops exist in in this world? I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Also, kind of makes no sense when you really scrutinize it, but it was you still just like, like I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. There's people who like wanted to see the future, and so they had to give up one of their eyes to do it. It's like you can see the future, but you only have one eye now, and you see the day when you die. <laughs> So here's what happened. They are another alien species. They are a humanoid okay. alien species. And the Slayers came and enslaved their planet. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, I mean you, you know, they've they colonized might not be the right word, but they, you know, they've they've yeah. spread throughout the galaxy. Um, but 
they then made a deal with the Slayers. I, I, if, if, if I read this correctly, they made a deal with the Slayers to, we will give up one of our eyes if you give us the ability to see the future. And the Slayers said yes, but the future that they see is their own death. So it's yes. not that they can do both. They can only see their own death. So it is this like tragic you got what you wanted, but it's not what you wanted. Yeah. But also, yeah. the deal doesn't really make sense with what we know mm. about the Slayers who come to destroy and enslave. So then if they've enslaved this planet, do, like, it was part of the deal that they're no longer in slavery, that they could then go out to other planets? Because... yeah. It's just unclear. There's some yeah. cloudiness in There's, there still. But I, I loved did it. Get the, I was like, that's so cool. I did get the impression that there was a lot more to this. Like maybe they were, this was a bigger script that got cut down or there, maybe there's like a, a tie in novelization and there's more details in crawl. The novelization, there novelization. or they're going to make more crawls um, or a tabletop game. That? Who knows? There's, it feels like there could be a lot more to do in crawl. But I love the Cyclops' design. He looks really serious and like really sad, but also very gentle. He's a real sweetheart character. Mm-hmm. And I like that they first off, we had to talk about Ergo and how Ergo just literally lands in the scene and just starts making noise. And I'm like, can who I, is this guy? Are, do, I am I supposed to know him? Quickly here. Yeah. So you mentioned a novelization. There is a novelization that's out there. There's also a comic book adaption uh, that was published by Marvel Comics in Marvel Super Special number 28 with some behind the scenes material of the film. Okay. Um, And it was also published as a two issue limited series. Uh, But the adaption was written by David Michelin. Uh, with art by Brett Blevins and Vince Coletta. David Michelin is a review show alum. He's the co-creator of Venom. Oh! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, which which we we, we did the original uh, Venom, like, solo series. Lethal protector. Protector here on on this show, yeah. so wild stuff. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Now you can continue. <laughs> no, I... But yeah, Ergo just falls into the scene like some like potion or like some spell go that went wrong landed him there, and then he just follows them like they just adopt him. Like they do not know Ergo. Ergo doesn't know yeah. them. I did love. I love that structure where everyone you encounter just becomes part of the traveling party unquestionably. <laughs> It's like you're all in the family now. Here's your corona. Right. Ergo, Ergo the Magnificent, short in stature, tall in power, n- <laughs> narrow in purpose, wide in vision. Like he has a whole introduction spiel he gives for people. He yeah. was trying to catch, like, he was trying to literally pick a pie cooling off a windowsill. He's up to old time hobo antics. And I think whoever it is like kicked him <laughs> out and then he lands in the swamp and then he follows Colwyn and you near around. And they, when they go to see like the old 
seer guy and he has this like like 10 year old boy apprentice and ergo immediately goes up to the boy after we've already seen that he's got a sweet tooth he was trying to catch i keep why do i keep trying to say catch a pie it's not alive he's trying to nab it trying to yank a I pie mean, we haven't seen a pie in the <laughs> on the planet of kroll it could be it, it could be something pie you is have a to species. Catch. <laughs> right <laughs> uh like when he's sifting through all his papers trying to find a spell he's like no that's a hot fudge recipe so he goes up <laughs> to the little boy like do you have candy kids always have candy and the kid's like no one want any candy <laughs> cinnamon roll but that's it it's like that'll right, it's like some sort of weird cinnamon stick candy and he's like okay I, I'll, I'll take that what's great is he snaps off a small bit to hand that to him and he grabs the bigger bit and eats that instead ergo and he says share and share alike I like that that's the initiation point that ergo just has sweet tooth and is like I want candy a kid probably is candy but then also you can imagine that Ergo being this short, like kind of misfit in the group might look at the kid and say, you and I are closer to being on each other's levels than I am with anybody else here. It's like he kind of just befriends the kid. Yeah. yeah. And and I like that. They're, I like how the relationship develops over the course of the movie. Like they're just walk. They're just traveling. They're walking through a forest and they're like, oh, if I could have one wish right now, I'd like to have this thing. And they all go around and say what they would wish for. And the little boy wishes for a puppy. And Ergo's like, this is one omnipotent wish that could be anything. You don't want a thousand puppies? But he's like, no, I just want one. And then later, uh, Ergo's ability where he can transform in animals always off screen. And then the real animal just comes walking there, on. There is one. Very charming. On screen, oh, my God. No, that's right. Yeah, he goose. does it. Right, he does transform into a goose. Those are those are very fun. I love old timey <laughs> transformation magic. Take that, American werewolf in London. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he transforms into a puppy uh, for the little boy. He turns into a little basset hound the, who the boy can carry around for a little while. Like that's really sweet that he took yeah. this just sort of like killing time on the road game everybody is playing and the boy happens to wish for something logical even when ergo tries to talk him out of it and then ergo's like wait a minute i can do that i can make this boy's wish come true he can have a puppy for a couple hours uh and then when the old seer dies ergo just sort of reaches out and like puts his hand on the boy's shoulder like quietly silently i've got you now you're with ergo ergo can barely do anything but ergo's got your back yep and when you first see the cyclops sort of lurking out in the woods not doing anything he's just out there and ergo's like i saw this terrible creature the cyclops it's awful and the cyclops keeps following them around uh and like trying to befriend ergo like he can see that is part of his future vision like me and this guy are going to be friends we haven't been friends yet but i if I'm seeing it, it must be destined. So I'll just follow him around and eventually the guy will warm up to me and to sure, watch yeah. there to watch that happen and watch Ergo and the Cyclops befriend each other is really sweet. There's nice what's, little character cool moments about- throughout the movie. The Cyclops meeting Ergo is that he immediately knows. He goes, oh, oh you're a, a, a Ergo the Magnificent. Right, like, yes! He, he just immediately knows that, which may be 
p- p- part of his like seeing his own death he knows that he's g- g- gonna be in their party is you know on this adventure so he already kind of knows him but still like just takes it at face of value that wow yeah you're magnificent <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's like are you making fun of me is this a joke he's like no they're <laughs> magnificent i know you <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of really really fun stuff in 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 this for sure um one little bit i like is when they meet that like band of brigands and Colwyn's trying to get them on his side because he needs an army, but he doesn't have one because all of his actual army got killed in that attack on the palace. So his plan was, all right, I got this old man. I'm going to go get the glaive. And then uh, as I walk to where the bad guy is, I will just collect guys I see along the way. You see, they really like his optimism he goes yep. into this mission with. I like that Prince Colwyn always has this like, he reminded me of Robin Hood, not just in like the the beautiful hair and the tight pants and all that. But like he has this sort of smile to him. Like he's just sort of like, ha ha ha, I'm Prince Colwyn. Here I go. Like he's an, an, yeah. a, a levity to him that I think speaks to, to that character in some regards. And he's just like, well, just going to walk around, just going to find guys. Why wouldn't they be my friend? Why wouldn't they help me save my princess bride? Yeah. So exactly. when he meets... When he meets those band of brigands, he says something like, you know, and if you help me, I will secure a fortune for your sons. And I was thinking it's just like old school, like patriarchal, just sort of generic speak your sons. And then the lead guy is like, how did you know I have sons? (laughs) Like He literally has sons that Prince Colwyn knows about that he is speaking to like, oh, no, I'm not just talking about general progeny. I mean, your specific boys. If you help me out, you're going to get like riches and legacy to pass on to those boys specifically. Yeah. And that's been Liam Mason is, 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 is like, but you don't have money now. Like we, we mm, need to get paid. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fascinating that this band of brigands like have like wives and children out there, but then they walk, they just wander around doing brigand stuff. Just stealing. Just just being yeah. bandits. Right. And Liam Neeson has like eight wives, like uh, like for every different region that they're in. He's got a wife there. If you told me that outside of the context of this movie, I'd probably still believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Liam Neeson has eight wives. But yeah, sure. He's quite tall. He's a lot of man. He's got room for extra wives. The the more inches you get over six feet, like you can acquire extra spouses if you want. (laughs) Nobody talks about this cheat code. (laughs) So we meet one of his wives when they have to camp out in an area. They're like, oh, we're starving, but like we're exhausted. We've been traveling all day. We don't have any energy to hunt. And they're like, hey, Liam Neeson, you got a wife around here? Can the wife bring us some dinner? And the wife does. And she's got like this young girl, not and by young girl, I mean like a 19 year old girl who she like took in after like her, her family's house was burned down or whatever, you know, old, the Slayers got him or whatever. And he makes eyes that and he, he just sort of asks about her and the wife is like, oh, don't be looking at her now. I'm your wife. And he's like, yes, you are. Got eyes, you know, no, nobody but you. <laughs> and it's not clear. That's not explicitly what they say, but it's a moment like that. And it's not clear if the wives know about the other wives 
<laughs> like, I don't know what the situation is there. Maybe he is in a fully agreeable open marriage with all of these different women. And the women right. know about the other women, but they're like, you've got eight of us already. You don't go looking at anybody else. We, we are a pact of sister wives as enough. we are. Yeah. Right. No extra marital affairs, just within the mini marital affairs. <laughs> it's not clear what that situation is. Uh, but when he he dies, he doesn't make it out of the end of the movie. But when he dies, he says, tell that woman. He doesn't say, tell that woman I love her. I don't remember her name. It's like right. Merith or something. He's like, tell Merith I love her, uh, which is yeah. it felt like it was 80 yard in later. And some of the dialogue at the beginning of the movie, when Lissa is talking to her father about how she wants to marry Colwyn, that also felt 80 yard in later. It's all voice because it was. Um so the Lisette Anthony plays Lisa, but in the um, mm. uh, it was redubbed. Her voice was redubbed by the actress Lindsay Caruse. Oh, um, the the producers didn't want the princess to have such a like a, a they they say they wanted the princess to have a more mature sounding voice here. OK. I don't know if that meant like it was uh, like higher pitched or mousier before or they just didn't like the like vocal performance that she had done. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, that was one thing I noticed early on, too. I was like, is this whole thing dubbed over? Like I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but I did notice how many scenes there were of like voice over over like it didn't seem to me like they actually filmed that happening <laughs> like yes. you added this in post there's a lot but of a lot of adr yeah but what they added were these more romantic like character connection bits like lissa talking about why she wants to marry colwyn and then liam neeson dies and he's like tell my wife i love her like i could tell they were afterthoughts but i appreciated that they looked at it and they thought this should have been here earlier we'd better add it now like the element of romance. I'm happy that they realized that they needed it because I think it does add something special to this movie. Like this is a very between Liam Neeson and his wife. I don't know. We barely see them. But between uh, Lissa and Colwyn, it's got a little bit more to it. It's not generic. It's not fully fleshed out, but it's not generic either. And I like that they took a couple extra steps to make it a bit more fleshed out. I yeah. really appreciated it. And I again, I looked at this movie. I thought about how I would have reacted to it if I had seen it when I was a little kid. And I think I would have really liked it. I would have found it really sweet. And I'm happy yeah. that they had that that girl stuff in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I I think this was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think it is like it, it is derivative like we've said it's very odd like that opening scene obviously star wars yeah. him go, 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 going to get the leave is obviously arthurian yeah. right the inclusion of the cyclops the odyssey right like it is all of that stuff kind of mixed in but there's so mm-hmm. much that is mixed in that it almost it it almost feels original like it's it doesn't yes but there's you can, so much mixed in there that it's 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 like yeah it's not generic like the, there, there is a, yeah but it is it's it's just it's somewhere stuck in this like middle ground that 
it, it it's created its own thing but it's it's yeah. also it wears its influences on its sleeve and it, it yes like, yeah so it doesn't feel like a knockoff it feels like just a really specific pastiche with a couple can we get some of those star wars shine moments in it right yeah. i really enjoyed the combination of things that it was like i like the swashbuckly action adventure i like the the big band of warriors and misfits that becomes a family. Uh, I like the romance element in there. It's the, the sort of fairy tale things in it. Like, and the mm-hmm. plot, like I mentioned earlier is very simple, straightforward yeah. characters arrive with no clue that they are coming. Like we don't hear anything <laughs> about Ergo or the Cyclops or the, the band of brigands or this old seer, whatever. Like everybody is barely mentioned, if at all, before they arrive. So you're yeah. really just in the moment with the movie. You're not thinking about what it has set up to come later. It like sets it up as it is doing it, Indeed. which is kind of refreshing because it's just not how movies work as much anymore nowadays. Where there's yeah. more like there's more machinations or more lore or more Easter eggs or foreshadowing or something like that. Like there's a really lovely simplicity to crawl. There is. I, I, I would agree with that for sure. I don't know if I have much else to say on it, though, or much else that would just be the same things that I've been saying just yeah. for a different scene. Um, but yeah. I say we do our bingo check-in. I already took a look. Uh, I only have a couple squares left, and this doesn't fit any of them. Yeah, we don't have a. I don't think you have any either. No, no, didn't realize my own strength. No cat and mouse game. No sex scene set to music. Uh, No one was arted to death. No big puddle splash. So yeah, not much of an update. Um, for review show bingo, but it's still mm-hmm. always fun to play and check in here. So, uh, there you go. Let me. I, I guess I never brought it up on screen. So let me at least bring it up on screen so you can see where sure. we are. These are what our boards are looking like right now. If you're watching this on the YouTube version, you can check that out. Uh, but yeah, not much of an update. So. Mm-hmm. Bam, here we go. Okay, Melissa, let's do recommendations. Yes. If people enjoy this, what else might they recommend? Or what else might like they en- been... en- enjoy? Yeah, like I've been saying, I think this is way stronger on the fantasy wavelength than the sci-fi wavelength. So look at other fantasy movies from the 80s. You've got Princess Bride, you've got Neverending Story, Labyrinth, Dark ones, yeah. Crystal. This movie made me realize I've still never seen Legend or Willow. I wish mm-hmm. I had already seen them so that I could formally recommend them here at the end. Instead, I just recognize that those are also within the same genre and era with which we are working. Yeah. I'll Absolutely. eventually have to watch those. Um, and then I did want to throw out one sci-fi movie from around this time. And by around this time, I mean vaguely in the 80s. Let me Google when this movie came out. Sure. Yeah. No problem at all. This is from 1985. This is a sci-fi movie called Enemy Mine. Have you ever mm. heard of Enemy Mine? I don't think so. I, it's a, it's a smaller movie. I've never heard of anybody but my dad reference the movie Enemy Mine. 
So on the opportunity of the relative obscurity and and cult interest that is crawl, I wanted to give a comparative recommendation of another smaller, odder, possibly forgotten movie of this time. Enemy Mine is a sci-fi movie where the humanity and some sort of alien bug race are in this war. And Mm -hmm. Dennis Quaid's flying some sort of a a fighter jet out there in space. He crash lands on this uninhabited planet with one enemy alien bug soldier. Uh, They're the only two living beings on this planet. Okay. (laughs) Only two sentient living beings on this planet. You know, like the alien has more... uh, it isn't quite as suspicious as Dennis Quaid is. Dennis Quaid hates this other alien, doesn't trust it at all, doesn't talk to it. So it's the drama about the two of them trying to survive and then eventually realizing we have to combine forces. We are never going to survive on our own individually. But if we work together as a team, we can build shelter, we can find food. Maybe we can repair one of our ships and get out of here eventually. Mm-hmm. And so it takes place entirely on this really interesting looking like practical alien planet. Just these two characters until like the alien, which is the sort of uh, sexless, like asexually reproducing uh, being produces a child. And then they have to be like a little family unit. And Dennis Two Quaid is to be baby. like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this to be this like kid's dad. Uh d- you know, as they continue to work together for survival and and getting off the planet. It's a very simple, small little movie, but it's an interesting one. Uh, consider Enemy Mine. Sure. If anybody if, if it airs anywhere. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Um, I mean, there's some obvious recommendations like all of the influences on this film. There's the Star Wars. There's the Lord of the Rings. Right. There's there's Dune. Um, stuff like that, uh, stuff that we've covered here on the show. One that I wanted to pull out was, uh, destroy all monsters. Um, okay. This is a kaiju film where a bunch of different kaiju kind of team up. Um, or I, I guess in the world that they live in a bunch of the kaiju live on an island. Humanity has kind of locked them onto onto that island but then aliens invade and mm. the, the the king Ghidorah shows up and all of the kaiju team up to beat king Ghidorah. it's kind of wild it's kind of it it's it's fun and funny and cheesy and there's just like baffling effects and weird like it's yeah it, it I, I feel like it would fit in with this it'd be a good like one-two punch okay uh, with 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 this for sure um but yeah even uh like i'm looking at stuff that we've done here even um like young frankenstein um okay would be an interesting one i like i i i think it's it has that like older feel to, to it it's not the like swashbuckling stuff but they're like no it, but it it's mixes. very clearly like a heightened genre pastiche and homage. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, I can it see has where you're the, coming the from. sci-fi in there. It mixes in some horror stuff. It mixes in a few like comedic. It mixes in a few comedic elements. Stuff like that, I think, would be interesting to to recommend or or watch around this. 
And then, you know, you could always go back to like Conan the Barbarian or mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. I think those are some good recommendations. Yeah. Things to check out. Um, Melissa, it is your turn to do the pitches for this next week. So what have you got? So we are recording this on a Saturday morning instead of a Sunday morning. We had a scheduled conflict tomorrow, so we had to move it up, which we very rarely do. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, last night I got a new phone and spent the entire night just setting everything up with the new phone. I had a set of pitches I wanted to do, but they were going to be more research to figure out exactly what it was. So I didn't have time to do that. So this is going to be one of the very rare occasions where I make an executive decision and I give you something and we're just going to watch that thing. But I, I I assure you, I do this with your best interests at heart. This is something you are going to like. It's been on my list for ages. I'm bewildered. We haven't gotten to it already. So I think it's about time we do this because the creators of this show have a new movie out in theaters, which you just saw Kyle to mark the opening of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We were looking at one of the earlier works from Lord and Miller, and we are going to watch Clone High. Yeah, I thought that's what you were about <laughs> to, to mention. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I know of Clone High. I really, really don't know anything about it. Um, I, I think I've, re- I've seen it more recently in the sense mm. that it is made by the same creators of Into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and Across the Spider-Verse, all that good stuff. So it's just c- c- come up with their name like, hey, they also did this other thing. Go check yeah. it out. It's on Max. Yeah. And it's getting like a HBO Max. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 getting a second season or a revival of some kind. So I thought it's it's good timing. I don't sure. I don't I didn't yeah. look very far into the details of that. But yes, time for okay. Clone High, a 13 episode half hour animated series available to you on Max. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm excited to ch- check it out. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what you are pitching next week? Uh, I do not. Do you want to know what I was planning to pitch? Because you can just take this theme if you want it. Sure. If it, what was the theme? Or do I mean, do, do you go- want to? Keep that theme no, in your back no, pocket. No, no, you can. I wanted to. No, I wanted to use it this month. So if I'm not using it, okay. I want to offer it to you. If you would like to take it for next week, I wanted to pick out some queer-focused movies highlighted in Van's Video Store from the last season of Yellow Jackets. Oh, okay, interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd totally be down for that. And the reason why I didn't go through with it is that I'd have to like go back, find like breakdown videos, find people highlighting. All right. So these are all the movies you can see in the background. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I don't have time to research this. So I'm doing something else. And I'm going to ask Kyle if if you want to do it next week. You don't have to. I'm just giving you the idea. It's out there. Sure. Yeah. If 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 nothing else, I I feel like for Pride Month, why not do like a queer focused uh, something? Right. Um, the specific yeah. I was going to introduce it as sapphic tales of the VHS era. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That sounds great. Um, yeah. So I, I I will look into that and see if we can make that 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 work down the road. It's up to you. But you're welcome oh, to. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, cool. Well, that about wraps us up then for for our, our podcast here on Kroll. 
Uh, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There you go. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, we got a few more videos over there for you all to check out, and that would help us out a bunch as well. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for uh, all the exciting stuff that we got coming up here. This has been number 256 of the review show. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.